Welcome to another episode of Who the Fuck is Delia, the podcast that uncovers the plight of the creative who might not just yet be so successful that they're being applauded up and down the UK by people out of their windows. Oh, that was really nice. Yeah. Um, I'm joined this week by Michelle Harris. Hello. And this week's a bit of a weird one, but um, I was about to say she's not a creative, but she is because she, she's, she's very creative with arts and crafts and she's got a damn fine singing voice but it is it's my, every time you've ever said that <laughs> it is my sister as you may be able to tell from the uh, the episode title sophie dop sop dop hello and thanks for joining us and this is we got you on here because obviously at the moment we're doing a lot of stuff to do with coronavirus because everything is to do with coronavirus at the moment um and we were finding out about how it was affecting other creative people. But I was chatting to you and you're, you've got a very unique perspective because you are the <clears throat> prep, here we go, <laughs> the director of education and health comms for Copperfield, which is a breast cancer charity. Mm. How, yeah. how, like, so we'll get into, we'll get into what you do exactly. But Copperfield's a very small charity, isn't it? In comparison um, to, I yeah, would say it's small now. Seems I mean, it has grown now. a lot. Yeah, we have grown in the last couple of months, or I guess in the last twelve months. So we are probably considered more small to medium size okay. charity now. But in the past, um, yeah, we were definitely very small, um, and we've always had a, a voice far louder than our size. I guess. Um, yeah, yeah. Because um, if you think of charities that you think of, you know, you think of like British Heart Foundation. Um, Oxfam, things like that, and they are huge yeah. institutions. You guys work out of an office, little office in London Bridge, doing like massive things, but on a small sort of. I was going to say small budget, but that's not really how charities work, is it? No, I mean we do. We've been quite lucky. We haven't ever um, had to spend. You know, how, we haven't had the luxury of big budget, big, big budgets. So yeah. we haven't um, spent lots of money, and we've been able to do lots of things kind of um, with the support of other agencies or um, you know brands and different people that have helped us out um, so we've always been quite good at doing quite a lot with very little yeah um, and in the kind of the, the nature of what we do raising awareness and education sometimes you don't have to spend huge amounts of, of money to try and get that message out there you can be creative in how you do that and there's lots of ways that other people, I'd say, and getting other people on board to help spread that message has been far more important than throwing lots of money at uh, various kind of projects and things. Um, yeah. But yeah, we are a, a sort of small to medium sized charity now. And I guess uh, we don't have the big kind of comfort of knowing that we've got all that um, that big revenue and income that, that the other charities do have, like Oxfam and things. And mm. that makes it harder in times like this. So tell me, so, okay, I was going to talk about coronavirus first, but just tell us about the charity first, Copperfield. Mm-hmm. Yes. Ooh, so I mean, That's the message, right? Yeah. Yeah, kind of, uh, you know, it's very straightforward in the name. Does what it says on the we do. <laughs> Yeah, that's the, the phrase. Um, so, yeah, we're an education and awareness charity, uh, breast cancer charity, and our main mission is to make sure that young people, so we try and target 18 to 35-year-olds, 
um, although the message is relevant and important for everybody. Mm -hmm. uh, but we primarily try and target them to make sure they are educated on the signs and symptoms of breast cancer. They're encouraged to self-check and to kind of get to know their bodies from a young age and that they're empowered to go to their GP if they do spot something that's unusual um, and concerning for them, that they know what action to take. Um, historically, breast cancer hasn't been something that's been spoken about amongst younger people. Mm -hmm. It's considered a disease just for older women. And um, of course, older women are at a higher risk and they are invited to screening, which is often why there's that association. But it can happen to younger people and not just women as well. So it's both men and women that can be affected. Um, and yeah, our charity, our founder was 23 when she was diagnosed with secondary breast cancer. So it's something we want to make sure that people in you know their teens, twenties, thirties mm -hmm. also um, know about and can be proactive about. And your founder is Chris. Yeah. Yes. And there was a documentary about her, right on on the BBC. Yes. Yeah, so you can watch it on our website. There's a, a link that we can send you to kind of watch the full version. But okay. it came out in I think it was 2013, 2014. Oh, um, that's age. Yeah, Whoa, which I remember is quite that. a long time ago. Yeah, it feels like it came out like two years ago mm. rather than yeah, six, no. seven years ago. But also, if you just want like a general life pick-me-up, just go and follow Chris on Instagram. Yeah, she's yeah, glittery, she's isn't she? Yeah, she's she's incredible. Yeah, she's yeah. like human glitter. Yeah. <laughs> she is, yeah, I mean, she's got an incredible story and also an incredible outlook on life. So I think like just the way that you, if you want that inspiration, you need a little bit of... Um, I don't know, somebody that does inspire you, which she hates being called inspirational, but she bloody well is. Um, of course she yeah. hates it. That's what inspirational people do, isn't it? <laughs> That's like, it, what, I mean... like, do you consider yourself as humble? And it's like, well, humble people don't consider themselves humble. Yeah. It's like, well, there you go. <laughs> I think it's one of those things that for her, it's just that's been the hand, that, the cards she's been dealt and she has to get on with it. And that's her normal life, you know, mm. the way she's decided to do it. She's not gone about trying to be inspirational she's just finding ways that work for her to live her life and to to live with secondary cancer yeah um you know when you're diagnosed with you know a, a terminal illness and secondary breast cancer in, in your 20s there's no kind of like handbook of how to deal and cope with that but she's done an incredible um job of bringing you know obviously setting up the charity and kind of having a, a positive outlook and mm. um there's a lot that we can learn from her I think yeah. uh, you know one of the things like obviously we've got you, we've got you on the podcast and we're we're doing this remotely so you're via Zoom whose That's... stocks must have risen. I'm surprised they're still like I'm surprised they haven't crashed yet. They've done a really good job. Yeah, um, yeah. There's, well, there's there's a, there's something in the news about Zoom at the moment, but because right. the government are using it and they want to make sure it's all anyway. That, oh, no secure. One cares about that. Yeah, it's boring yeah. that. So like, <laughs> um, but we're doing this remotely via Zoom because mm -hmm. obviously we're all isolating. Mm -hmm. But um, I've lost what I was going to say. So I've got, I've, I've got. <laughs> oh yeah, no, no, oh. I've got it back. So I came back uh, as soon as you tried to speak. I was yeah. like, no, 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 can't let that happen. <laughs> um, so we were talking about having you on before this, anyway. Like we'd spoken about it in the past, and then like, oh, you should come and yeah. do this thing because, and that is because Copperfield. So no offense, right? Charity is great. Mm. Everyone loves charity. It's very important. I sound like Donald Trump there when I was talking. Yeah, Charity's terrific. But um, <laughs> like for a creative podcast yeah. that's all about the lives of creatives, like, you know, we're not getting the British Art Foundation and someone else from that on it because it just doesn't 
resonate with us. Obviously, now is a good time because of what's happening in the world, but we would have done it before because Copperfield is a super, super creative. Well, that's charity. why when you were talking before about the fact that you've got quite a small budget, I feel like there's like, I feel like there must be a thing in your kind of like when you're applying for the job, there must be a thing in there that's some, that's, that is like, you, you need to be very creative and you need to know how to make things out of nothing. <laughs> because mm. like the you things that you guys do. Yeah, this it's so like the campaigns and everything are so creative. If you've ever seen anyone running a marathon, a half marathon, anything, yeah, as a boob, <laughs> yeah. as a naked boob <laughs> with nipple and all, then they're just doing that out of you know their own for their own fun. Yeah, yeah. No, they're doing that for Copperfield. Yeah, you know, there's something that like is, that is our trademark. <laughs> yeah, just boobs everywhere, naked boobs, right? And the thing is. Obviously, it's all, it should be normalized. You know, it's 2020. It's not, they're not in the 1920s anymore. Mm -hmm. But like, there's something kind of rock and rolly about it in that, like, most charities are trying to talk about things and, like, it's all quite concerned. Very serious. Mm -hmm. Whereas Copperfield is like super vibrant and super expressive. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and you look at it and it looks really friendly, approachable, happy, fun. But also, the fact that they're just naked boobs is a bit like, you can imagine it putting some people off and being like, old old people you know mm. what i mean and be like oh gosh they shouldn't be doing that when really there's something kind of like punk rock about it yeah. well i think it comes down to the fact that we were when we originally were set up and obviously we chris and her twin sister and friends who kind of formed the charity to get charity status you have to kind of raise a certain amount of money to begin with and you have to kind of um there's lots that goes into it you can't just automatically set yourself up as a charity and in the beginning they were running it really as a bit more of a campaign of sort of going out and testing whether young people wanted to hear about this whether they knew and were educated already Mm. or you know what the kind of situation was and they sort of just went about doing it in more of a kind of sort of campaign style where it was we've got this kind of word and message we want to spread we're going to see if people want to hear it and if they do we'll try and get it out in the best way that we can in terms of what's going to be relevant for young people and so we're quite um lucky in the sense because we're trying to talk to younger people we have to be creative you know we have to adapt and not maybe be as kind of conservative and um as rigid as some of the the larger charities that have got you know they have run huge services whether it's support whether it's research um, you know, they have a responsibility to act differently because of the beneficiaries that they're serving. Mm-hmm. Whereas for us, we're trying to reach young people and we're not going to get them to have a conversation about breast cancer if it is serious, because it's not, quite frankly, something that's on their radar. No. People think you're, you think you're invincible. You probably don't know that breast cancer could affect you. So there's no good as going in there with that kind of tone and trying to approach it in that way. Yeah. Um, so it's forced us to have to be naturally you know creative quite bold quite different and trying to approach it from a different angle and and I think that has been one of the kind of main well the main kind of unique selling points of what we do and how we do it in the charity sector and what makes us stand out is because we did have to come into the field and when we were started in 2009 there wasn't anything else out there like that it was a lot more your traditional charity um organizations that were yeah. kind of behaving in the same way and getting and trying to raise funds in the same way and we've kind of come about and done kind of shaking that up a little bit yeah and you do mad mad things as well like obviously charities do things like this all the time but you know like the war cup was it kilimanjaro no uh, himalayas last the himalayas. himalayas um and you're doing treks. yeah big treks and like mad events and you do the festival um festival in the house of vans it's still in house of vans 
Yeah, still at House of Vans in October, which is our birthday month, but also Breast Cancer Awareness Month. And that's right. one day festival. Um, again, lots of comedians, artists, workshops yeah. going on. Um, and more just importantly celebrating the fact that, you know, checking your boobs is fun and important and mm. getting that message out there at the same time as, you know, engaging with people in a way that, you know, who doesn't want to come to a festival and you know see some really good acts that you wouldn't normally get to see all on the same lineup or watch comedians and uh yeah have a go at something new in terms of the workshop so yeah how many how many when you're at other festivals and you're doing campaigning how many lads and i don't mean lads as in like boys i mean like you know lads (laughs) do you get Mm. coming over and being like yeah i love grabbing boobs yeah, I mean that that happens a lot. <laughs> Does um, it? Well, also more like you know, oh, I'll check them for you and things like hey. that. Um, <laughs> idiot. I think to be on to be honest, to begin with, they don't really know what you're there doing. They just see you wearing a giant boob costume and right. and I probably may have had a few too many to drink too few too many drinks already at that yeah. point. But once you actually say to them, well, we're here because we're breast cancer charity, do you actually check your pecs? Did you know men could be affected? And we're Check your pecs, oh, is yeah. that the slogan? Well, yeah, I mean, oh, you just do that just after the top then? No, no, that's sort check of, pecs. you know, it's not just for, for girls and women. No, um, you have a right Debbie Downer on them then. I, I was going to say, but <laughs> you that like, puts them right back into it. That's like the whole, <laughs> you like say your, your mum joke and then they go like, my mum's dead and you go, oh. Yeah. And, then, and that's like literally that in it. Yeah. It definitely goes down like that. But actually, you'd be surprised how some of them then, the majority of them. They open you, up, I'm sure. Yeah, you, you, majority then are actually like, oh, okay, fair play. Like, actually, it's important. No, I hadn't thought about it. Or I'll like, take the information, I'll give it to my girlfriend, even if I'm, if they're not going to take the message on board. So Millennials. Yeah. Why? Getting, you know, trying to be all laddie, they get shot down and they're like, okay, yeah, cool. I'll take that message on board. Yeah, thanks <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's it's it. definitely shifted though over the years. It's different now talking to younger people. Mm. When, we, when we first started and people we were talking to in their early 20s are now kind of nearly 30. Mm. Um, and then you look at people we're talking to now that are 18 in 2020 and they've got completely different outlooks and priorities as well. Mm. So that's something, again, that keeps us fresh that we have to kind of evolve and shift with because things do change. Are they a bit more hardcore? Gen, is it Gen Z? Do they call them Gen Z? Because uh, we're millennial, right? Yeah. I think because we, we get the brush stroke of like, oh, snowflake millennials yeah, yeah, yeah. and everything, you know, focusing on things that aren't important and all this sort of stuff. And I get the impression that Gen Z are a bit more like, bit like the opposite of that like fuck fuck the snowflake culture i don't know they're definitely a lot more um kind of interested in things being authentic and looking more interested in their well-being and more interested in the world and caring about each other and the planet which i think previous generations of young people maybe didn't have that same focus yeah Yeah. there's a thing isn't Um, there where millennials give a shit about stuff that, that that doesn't matter yeah like while we're worrying about calling and no offense to anyone but calling people by their correct pronoun Mm. gen z are worrying about the the actual the the actual bigger issues like the the world ending like climate change and stuff like that um Um, but it means yeah you do have to just consider all these things so it does change how people relate to your organization and your messaging and how yeah well, talking of change, how has coronavirus changed everything then? Oh, Jesus. Does it feel uh, like coronavirus has taken cancer's 
you know, thunder a little bit in that everyone's just really, really fixated on that. Whereas just because coronavirus is super prominent at the moment doesn't make cancer any less important. Well, no, but it, there is loads of concerns at the moment where people are actually having like their appointments rescheduled yeah, and pushed yeah. back and, you know, there's hard decisions that are having to be made in, in yeah. terms of like some people's ongoing battle with it and whether it can continue because yeah. of these, you know, things that have come in recently. I think it's, um, so the whole situation for a copper fill as an organisation has meant that we have to sort of stop a lot of our programmes and suspend them for the time being because a lot of them were going obviously out and about. Mm-hmm. Um, our volunteer programmes going to communities or schools or even the students on campus, all of that kind of activity has stopped. So we're focused more on digital resources and things that we can do um, to educate people online and still support them with trying to raise awareness. Um, obviously, social media, we have really kind of what I think obviously biased but really good social media accounts uh, especially Instagram and I think they have taken on a whole new kind of importance of making sure we're using that channel to keep connected with our community and our supporters and, and still reminding them to check giving them information um so yeah as an organization it's definitely come with some challenges which it has for the whole charity sector and I guess everybody um is having to adapt um and we're all sort of waiting to see how long it's going to go on for and how long the that will then determine how big the impact is, I guess. Uh, but I think, yeah, like you said, the saddest thing is for those people that are affected by cancer now or um, you know, going through treatment or even if they found a sign or symptom and they're a little bit concerned or worried, the kind of support that they will now be able to get, obviously they're going into a health system that's got a huge amount of pressure on it and things are having to change and be done differently. Um I think the biggest thing is that the NHS want to get out there that still people can go to that service. GPs are still there. Things will be done differently. You probably won't go. You shouldn't go in person. Um, you should only give them a call and then they will do kind of a lot of the consultations probably via um, mm. either a video call or a phone. Um, but they do still want to see people that are really concerned about signs and symptoms that are worrying them. Yeah. yeah. I mean, could you um, say that this is now like more important than ever for Copperfield's messaging that you have to check yourself? And, well, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, everybody has to. And even like when we're yet to hear, so when the NHS Cancer Programme hasn't released information about breast screening in terms of what the updates are going to be and how that's managed. But if that can't continue for the time being, then checking yourself is the best thing you can be doing because mm-hmm. getting to know your body is for everybody of every age, something that's really important. Um, and I think, yeah, it's, it's, there's a lot of changes going through all the cancer services and they're doing the best to try and make sure there's minimal impact. But a lot of things now with how it's all developing you know, it's inevitable that services are going to have to shift and change and adapt. And hopefully the majority of that's going to happen and not have a detrimental effect on patients. But, you know, you're yeah, just yeah. going to have to see. It's all so uncertain and yeah. unprecedented. Yeah. Where was the, um, what was like the first moment that you guys were sat in the office and you were like, okay, shit, we need to react and we need to re-strategize for the next few weeks, months, whatever. I think it was, so we were a little bit ahead of the game in terms of, going and moving to work from home quicker than other organizations because we knew we could um and I guess being in London you sort of get that sense of I have to get the tube every day and people get a little bit more nervous and the news reports were ramping up and Mm -hmm. so we 
we were kind of keeping an eye on it I'd say like for a week and things then sort of just felt like we it was imminent that things were going to change and this was escalating now to the point where stuff's not going to carry on as normal so we did make I think it was over just over two weeks ago now we decided right let's make sure we're let's proactively take the decision teams went to work from home um, we suspended some of the volunteer programs as well which at that point not not having official government advice it was mm-hmm. quite bold to have to go right no we're going to take this decision and just make that um kind of what we're going to do for the next mm-hmm. few weeks um, regardless of what the government says but I think looking back now it was the right decision and it's so yeah. it was so good to do it before we had to and then it was it didn't feel quite as panicked we've made, we've been able to manage the situation make sure yeah. we set up comfortable get into yeah, there's, there's a lot to be said for that kind of like taking just taking taking the kind of chance out of it and making that yeah. decision to be like you know what we're just going to go and do this and instead of being like reactive to things at least we just like at least we have the power over our own abilities to deal with this situation yeah. then yeah and it gives you back a little bit of control, which is what is so hard for everybody mm-hmm. in these situations is that that control has completely vanished. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I think we've now obviously got, we have a nice little, um, we have every day at 11 o'clock, we have a tea break still. So a virtual tea break with the whole oh, team. Oh, that's nice. Um, it's taken like the last couple of weeks, the last two weeks to sort of replan and reprioritize. And as everything unfolded, we have to do a lot of that. And that will continue, I think, for every organisation. You just mm-hmm. It's going to be a constant thing you have to keep doing. But, um, yeah, I think the team is sort of slowly getting into it and we, we've, we've got lots of stuff flying around on the team boobs WhatsApp chat. So all sorts of plans to do some music videos and lots of fun things as well to keep us entertained. That's yeah. cool. Is it, what is, what's the effect from, like, people, you know, for, obviously you've suspended things that, that involve people going out. But, like... Yeah. What's the effect for like donations and things like that? Because the other day I saw something, there's a clothing brand that I follow and I hadn't even thought about how coronavirus would affect some of these businesses, but they're a skate brand. So they've suspended all their skate events and then they're offering like certain things for their, for the clothes and the trainers and stuff. And I was like, oh shit. Yeah. Cause people aren't buying trainers and clothes right now because they're just not interested in it. No. And I, I didn't even think about companies like that. So what happens with you? This is Well, this has been the whole unique situation where I think you don't fully appreciate until you really then everything's gathered momentum, how much it impacts everyone. Mm-hmm. And everyone, yeah. even those that you think are completely secure. Um, for us, in terms of income, we've obviously had a lot of like fun, kind of half marathons and things where people would normally be going fundraising for us. That's just not happening. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've had also lots of things and partnerships that might have been launched. It's just not going to cut through. It's not the right time. And it's not, mm-hmm. it's insensitive to also carry on with those activities when everybody's mind is on something else. So yeah. income wise, it is, it is tough for all charities. I think there was some news article I read, like the charity sector had lost it was 40 million pounds or something it within a short space of time basically the amount of income that was um no longer kind of going into the charities because obviously people aren't going to be thinking about donating they're thinking about themselves and how they're going to survive so um going back to the point you made earlier it's it's one of those things you you don't want to be kind of drumming home the fact that just because coronavirus is here doesn't mean cancer is going away and still one in two of us will be affected so yeah 
you know you don't it's not the right time to be pushing that message because it, everybody's so anxious but at the same time like so many organizations like Copville like the other cancer charities that are still going to need to exist to support people because it's still going to be people diagnosed and affected yeah um, but you, again you've got to come back to being creative so we've got loads of digital fundraising ideas that people can do from home mm. um, that's cool and there are also ways of kind of keeping connected with friends also keeping you know if you are able to and can donate then it's a nice thing to know you're supporting and helping everybody to kind of get through it together yeah, yeah. it's like more than ever this kind of yeah the, the, we said it in the last episode i think that isolation you know is actually going to lead to like tighter communities mm-hmm. and yeah. that like you know companies have to because people aren't spending money but companies need to keep people you know there mm-hmm. yeah. so they do in like i'm doing it with the studio we're doing like a free networking event via um zoom on monday night and like you know you don't it's not like normally for events they're there to, because you have to pay an entry fee or or we're trying to get people to you know convert them to being a client or come into the studio whereas for this it's literally just keeping people engaged with us mm-hmm. to remind them that we're here and that okay you might not be doing it now but we're not you know don't we're not going anywhere hopefully as long as you stick with us for a bit you know yeah i think now is probably like a really good time to engage with the audience who you probably otherwise would ne- like your online audience who you probably otherwise would neglect a little bit because you're busy doing yeah. all of like you know you're busy all doing all the physical stuff that needs to be done like planning the events and like for us writing the music or producing that stuff whereas now we've all actually been forced into this little break where we are the only way we get any social contact is to look at each other you know through a screen yeah and it's a nice time to be able to connect with people who you, you wouldn't normally connect with you and i live in the same flat and we've been speaking via screen yeah because we're just so fed up of each other yeah. in the other room <laughs> we'll call you on facetime behind the door <laughs> loads of feedback yeah <laughs> um, well, we, might, we might all get incredibly shy after this and find actually meeting in person is too much to handle yeah, <laughs> like yeah. yeah. you know, you I, know what, i'm I, really intrigued at what behaviors this whole situation like yeah. how it's going to affect our behavior going forward depending on how long we're in this weird state of living virtually yeah. and isolating i'm yeah. hoping that people are less huggy yeah yeah because you give hugs to people that you just just you just never hug. you've met them once right a hug to me should be like an embrace between two people who are close <laughs> to each other and you're comfortable enough that your whole body's oh, touch we know that you don't like being touched yeah i know but like why am I hugging you? I've only just met you. So hopefully, fare well out of it because people won't. I reckon the skill they're still going to be that. If we're told to keep two meters away from each other, I think going near people is going to be like weird to feel begin with. weird. That sound. I've got my own little fist bump thing that I've been trying to get going for ages. So maybe that just becomes a new thing. And instead of like hugging, like oh, we're a bit awkward right now. We don't know whether to shake hands, so we just hug. Like I don't even know you. Yeah. So I'm down for it. I hope that changes. I, I think it'll be, <laughs> I've got a feeling that we're going to come out of this and all be like very socially awkward and it's going to be like, oh, let's be my friend. <laughs> let's be friends. <laughs> you know, like when you're on the tube and it's really packed and you you just get that thing where you go, or like you see someone else, they look at it and they, they're considering jumping on to be one extra body and then they just kind of go like, nah, and you sort of see them sort mm. of either nod their head down or shake their hand and like, nah. I reckon that'll start happening when it's not yeah. even that busy. Yeah. Like I reckon it'll just be like a slightly full tube and people will be like, mm, nah. nah. Wait the next one. 
I mean, things like that would be great if it's... Yeah. You know, but then the platform would be absolutely rammed. Yeah. yeah, true. I just think that those things, like getting to work on time and things like that, forces people's hand. Like, nobody in their right mind wants to push on to a tube and be the one that's, like, got their head next to someone's armpit and stuck yeah. in the door. But it's that sense of, like, oh, my God, I've got to get to work and I'm going to be here forever that people's logic goes out the window. Yeah. Do you think people would be more inclined to work and be appreciative of the fact that they have a job or do you think that there'll be more of a mindset where it's like that's not important Hmm, that's a good point i think it depends on your situation yeah probably i think if you depending on how you're affected by this it probably would shift shift that i think people that come out of it that are doing jobs that they don't like and they kept they kept their job and it has been fine i reckon it would make them maybe reevaluate. I think everybody's going to reevaluate parts of their lives at this point because you've just got so much time to mm. you know, yeah. be indoors and think. How, how was the... Um, well, I think people are going to appreciate uh, like jobs that went underappreciated. Like I know yeah. that being a doctor and, and being a nurse is not an underappreciated job, but I, like, you know, you, want, you could argue, but I, actually, but I think it is. I think people... Considering what they do, it is. Yeah, yeah and like bin men and working in a supermarket yeah. just things like that i reckon people have been way more appreciative of that those totally. sorts of jobs which brings me on to your so did you did you like what i said in the intro about the whole country applauding the nhs mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. you live in like a very like you know there's lots of people living in apartments all together whereas yeah. we're, li- we're living on like a street where you know you don't really know your neighbors and it's a bit sporadic it's a bit more sporadic um and where we were our street was like fine like it was yeah it wasn't massive it was to be honest i expected to come out and hear nothing and then when i came out and hit like there was a few people out and there was people like moving and stuff yeah Yeah. i was like oh okay this is actually really hard we could hear the village which is near where we are which was going mad and and it was there's fireworks and everything it was going nuts what was it fireworks from there is a fireworks shop down the road to be fair we we live in the riffraff don't we yeah (laughs) so yeah i had loads of people posting oh there's fireworks going off everything i'm like who's planning to get fireworks or those lying around (laughs) letting it off out the skylight yeah (laughs) (laughs) and um but you're you're, so you're in places where people are living in apartments and a little bit closer together Mm. what was the any clap for the nhs like that that was really good it was good um we were actually on a call in a having a zoom call at the same time so it was a we were like ah, oh, quick let's get out mm-hmm. um but yeah when we went out there with most people were out on their balconies obviously like we we can't see how many in our building um, and yeah. we could just see the houses and the people on the rooftops but mm. yeah there was a lot of people out and you could hear actually more so like the other apartment blocks that are in east village mm-hmm. um that are a bit further down the road you could hear the sound from them being carried over as well, yeah. which was really like weird to hear it from all over. Yeah. Um, I saw a video on Instagram that he, the uh, Olympic Park kind of Instagram account had taken of somebody's recording in East Village and yeah. it was mental. You could hear like, every, oh. it sounded like loads of people were out and it's always quiet around here. So it was yeah. actually really, yeah. even though we're, we're living in close proximity, you don't actually see a lot of people, which I find bizarre. Yeah. yeah. It's nice to sort of then know, okay, no, they are all here. No. <laughs> self isolating, which is great. It was yeah. I mean, that's what I mean about the community coming closer together. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It made me really emotional when it I was. see it. Yeah. yeah. And Matey Boy, we now know that Matey Boy across the way from us, he's sound. He's sound, yeah. Because he was out clapping. 
He was even like he was shouting at one point. He was like, "Come on, Poplars Road, where are you?" Oh, I just told everyone where we live. <laughs> no, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, he was like, "Where are you? Come on, get out." <laughs> Which you know, I was like, right. have pans? anyone have what pans? Pans. Apparently, people have been banging like pans and stuff. I heard pans, but I didn't see any. No. I heard lots of pans actually. I was quite proud of my whistle. I can never. I don't really have a loud whistle, but it worked it that did. night, and I was proud of it. it you had the same like. <laughs> melody every time you did it and i was yeah, like all right yeah. Alex, shut up you gotta get <laughs> trying to lock people into it I'm trying to get it going whistle for the nhs you know there was a bit of me that had like really severe fomo at the fact that i wasn't in the village though because the yeah. village sounded so vibrant Mate, and our like, generation oh. the, the, our generation is so fucked we're, we're just like you know this amazing thing where the community know, the yeah. whole country is coming together to show our appreciation to to the what people <laughs> important you're like i did have a bit of fomo <laughs> Well, there's no hope. The better, the quicker we're off the planet, the better. <laughs> get, At least we can admit that. Yeah, get Gen Z on, get Gen One, Two, Three, whatever it's going to be. Isn't it Y, Gen Y? Uh, Gen Y was before us, wasn't it? Oh, I get confused. Oh yeah, no one cares about Gen Y. They're they're goners then. Forget that. Are we I'll, I'll tell them that. Are me, we both you, Yeah. You and I are. Yeah. Oh, right, okay. But I think your fella, I think he's just just tipping over into no, Gen Y. I don't, <laughs> I don't know what he is in. <laughs> um, uh, should we move on to the to the first section? Yeah. Is there anything else you wanted to mention? Do you do out by Oasis? Why don't you just go on the air? Is there any chance you can sound more Ed like the general? What's your plan B? What's Pat going to do when he's finished with the drums? Yeah. All right. This is what is Jack going to do when he's finished with the drums? This is our regular section of the podcast where we talk about uh, quirks and annoyances and little things that you would only know about if you worked in a creative or a particular creative, you know, area. Because but, oh, go on. All right. Well, we'll just, we we but we've changed it. We? we we have changed it. We've yeah. changed it. Um, the uh, the premise is now interesting quirks, annoyances, and things that you may have noticed about COVID nineteen. <laughs> Um, a couple. Of, I got a couple of things, but if anyone wants to go first, be my guest. No, no, no. You. So. No. Well. All right. Two. So one is I've been watching the leftovers. Yeah. Right. Well, me, you and I have show. Yeah. And there's a bit in that where a guy talks about the fact. So basically, leftovers two percent of the world's population just vanishes. Yeah. Everyone should watch it. It's one of the best things ever. But there's a guy <laughs> who talks about the fact that not not the best TV series ever, best things ever. Yeah. So. He talks about the fact that all his family departed. They mm-hmm. called it the departure, mm-hmm. apart from him and his daughter. And one day his daughter is playing in the garden. She's really happy and he's watching her. She turns around and then looks at him and then remembers and goes sad and feels bad for the fact that she was happy. Mm. Yeah. Do you ever get that at the moment where you're like, oh, I'm having a great day. And then you realize, oh, shit, we're all in isolation and everyone's, everyone around the world is in you know, turmoil. No, I don't think I have had that. And you feel bad about laughing about things. Like if someone sent, yeah. like your your stepdad, what is he? Stepdad. Yeah. Yeah, he's your stepdad, right? He, uh, he was my stepdad. But I no, mean, no, he, he is. Still is. No, he is now. The guy now. Oh, um, yeah, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> he's sending like <laughs> memes and funny videos. We won't go there. Yeah, let's not go there. I don't even think we started on that in no, the podcast. We and we, d- we don't want to put listeners off. Um, but the he's been sending like funny videos and gifts and memes and things like that, which are, you know, to do with coronavirus. And so you find yourself laughing at it, but then you find yourself feeling bad about the fact that you're laughing about it. 
No one else doing that? No, I, I, I would say I'm laughing at those things. I think there's been a few come through on some of the uh, lad WhatsApp groups, which I've seen. Uh, you hate that shit, though. Tom giggling, and I'm like, but is that funny? You yeah. hate that kind of But I'm WhatsApp not that kind of person thing. anyway. No, nah, that's not me. And, uh, yeah, I, think, I don't think I feel bad for fe- feeling happy. I have felt guilty for feeling hard done to, though. Like, oh, yeah. You know, for example, yeah. like the wedding postponing that I'm like oh no I feel like sometimes I've been like down about that I'm like oh my god people have got like we talked about earlier their cancer treatments are getting cancelled and a wedding is nothing in the comparison of that so I should feel I shouldn't feel shit about anything well I had that the other day we were looking at like bill relief you Mm -hmm. know for like um helping yeah the load at the moment yeah financial stuff and I was looking at uh, Thames Water and I was like scrolling through their frequently asked questions to do with coronavirus and stuff and I was reading the one book that I was that was I was there for and they basically said what they could do to help with bill relief and then the one below it was like I don't have any hot water I don't have any water sorry like what to do during and I was like oh shit there's people who can't like yeah people whose water is being turned off and like I'm here trying to just get a bit of like bill relief, bill relief because things things are hard at the moment. Whereas like yeah. things are hard for these people all the time. Yeah, it was I I <clears throat> when they announced like the self-employed relief for for people a few days ago. Um, oh, you were so sanctimonious about that shit. Why? <laughs> we'll come to that in a second. Why was I sanctimonious? You go first. But also, I'm fine with being sanctimonious. <laughs> you go first. <laughs> just get it out. So I was like, okay, that's kind, of, that's that's cool. Like. Oh, I know why I was sanctimonious. <laughs> um, I was like, yeah, that, that's great. All right, cool. And I, like everyone's kind of sorted now. Everyone's in, in a good place. And even though some people are not going to be getting it right now and it's going to be hard for some people, that's, you know. It's, well, it's, not everyone's sorted, but yeah, 95% of them. Yeah. And then literally the day after, I spoke to one of the teachers who works at the studio. And it was like, it was the very first lesson that morning. It was like a 7.30 class. And she was like, oh, did you, did you get, did you hear the self-employed thing last night? And I was like, yeah, yeah. And she'd been quite worried about it. And I was like, yeah, do you feel, you know, do you feel better now? And she was like, well, no. I was like, why? And she was like, because I only registered to be self-employed in June. And I was like, oh. And, yeah. you know, when you hear, and I just, I didn't think that I knew anybody within my close circle who literally would, because I said to her, you know, well, because you say that stupid phrase that everyone's saying, which is like, you know, you just got to remember we're all in the same boat. And she was like, actually I don't feel like I'm in the boat I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm in my own little canoe just by myself trying to get going and I was with like loads of holes being shot in it yeah and I was like it, when I had that conversation I was like oh god I mm. feel bad for even worrying about my situation in the first place yeah. but it's hard because obviously it impacts you individually and mm. you only you are going to react to those changes in your own life mm. but it's then at the same time always trying to keep that in perspective of what other people are going through and I think you can't I mean I constantly do that anyway in life just even when things aren't bad with coronavirus it's like you know that fear of missing out or like you're not you see something happening you're a bit jealous and you're like why am I not doing that and I'm like well actually I should be just appreciative of everything I've got and what I'm able to do yeah Shelby and all all smug is that like you know he says he says uh you know we can't get it until June or whatever yeah and I'm like June that's fucking ages away i'm like you know we got we got loads of time and loads of rent to pay before then and then shell's like yeah but you know you got your rent you got your savings for your tax that you're owed and you know you just spend that savings for now and then you get and i'm like shell no one does it like you no one has like (laughs) yes they do most people don't do it like you the tax bill comes and they're like oh shit whereas you're like 
well, you should have your savings. You should have, you know, you should have saved for your tax. You should have put your 20% away and then you well, can spend that money. You know why I learned that off? <laughs> Sophie's future husband. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> he was the one who taught me that. And as soon as he taught me it, I was like, I'm going to do that. That sounds sensible. <laughs> and he's, I mean, yeah, he was not used to be sensible with money, but since working for a bank, changed him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You've changed. But it's that because they've, they've, they've deferred that July uh, or that June. July payment. July payment. It now means they've deferred that payment till like January or something, haven't they? Mm-hmm. So it now means that you can essentially use that money that is sat there to live on until the the self-employed grant comes through and then you can pay it back. Yeah. yeah. I mean, How exciting. Loads of logistics with that though. Oh yeah. Figuring out and loads of like gaps in it, which they won't know until, cause you know, they've not had the time to kind of proof. Mm. Test, what's the word? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I hope people proof don't. <laughs> That's a new word for the podcast. <laughs> I hope people, proof I hope people don't take the piss out of it. Out of out of that system oh as in like rinse it yeah Yeah, because it's like we're going to be in enough of a bad situation when we come out of it anyway and this Mm. is the first time that i've probably looked at the greater country and been like oh what can i do that will help in the long run for us recovering yeah and i I don't know i just hope that everybody else is kind of in that boat because i seen i seen a guy the other day who was like commented on a local MPs because a local MP had said, you know, anybody self-employed, get in touch if you need if you need this if you need any more advice. This has just been announced, and there was one guy on there ranting about the fact that he was the director of a company and he only, you know, he bases his wages on his dividends at the end of the year and stuff like this. And at one point, the MP had to stop him and be like, "Hang on, <laughs> we're talking about people having a minimum amount to live on here just to get us through this period. We're not talking about you getting the same amount of money that you should be being the director of a company and worrying about your dividends at the end of the year. And I was just a bit like, oh, that really got, that made me really upset. I was like, I hope there's not people out there who are worried about that stuff. What, the fact that they're not going to be earning a meal this year? Yeah. Yeah, of course there are. I know, that's just like really upsetting. Well, that's also often how people with a lot of money are very good at maintaining their wealth is because they do have that focus and that kind of motivation Mm. to ensure that they are you know there's a culture yeah big time i mean there's a culture at the moment especially in film um and they're calling it eat the rich Mm. which is sort of like that joker film you know that thing of like you know you you know you rebel against the big business the big companies the Mm -hmm. big government you know it's all about the little guy and it's there's a few there's been a lot of films actually i was gonna say a few there's been a lot of films which focus around the same thing such as like parasite Mm -hmm. and um it's going to be interesting if these people who like you say are worried about earning a mill every day this year i gotta make sure that i can still earn my mill Mm. then the the way that the public view those kinds of people may change yeah and like not just in like films and storytelling but in like everyday life yeah no well no i think people will will have always had that view i think maybe it would just be it'll be more out in the open now so like more people will be seeing the motives behind certain people's kind of actions whereas mm. normally you wouldn't see their motives you're you know normally everybody's wrapped up in their own little life but getting getting by every day whereas now all of this is starting to like unfold and come out yeah i mean it even happens in, it's even happening with football fans like mm. you see these people post like you know like footballers posting what they're doing with their isolation like and they'll post it with captions like you know ways to make isolation manageable and stuff like that and they'll do some stupid dance or they'll do some or whatever it is they're doing kick-ups with their kids or so, i don't know and then 
not like with their kids, they're not kicking up their kids, <laughs> as in like they're doing kick-ups <laughs> with a football with their kids. But then um, you, rather than the posts in people sharing it, like you have seen it all over this different parts of social media, you should look at all the, like the first comments are just like, wait, so it'd be like ways to manage. And it'd be like, way number one, have a mansion. Way number yeah. two, earn 400 grand a month. <laughs> I mean, I do like it. Like I've seen some of that and it has made me kind of think that, yeah, it's, it's fair enough. People saying, oh, you know, there's lots of things you can do in isolation when you've got a home gym and a swimming pool. And yeah. And, yeah. Um, I mean, uh, yeah, I, I definitely think people will start to, well, that does get shown up a lot more in these situations, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. But then I, I guess also, you know, that is their life and they're... they're yeah, they're not going to like, just randomly change their life completely no, one day course, based on you know someone's Facebook comment. Like everybody, I think it's just making sure you're not insensitive in terms of how you you know what you are. Totally. Yeah, I think, and yeah. I think maybe sometimes that people interpret rich people and footballers as as being insensitive when they're posting those things and not realizing their own sort mm. of privilege or whatever. But then, I like <laughs> I've been listening to like a football podcast and they were talking about the mental health issues for footballers during this time. And I was thinking, yeah, that's quite interesting. And, you know, they're like basically, you know, celebrities and can have the same pressures as a lot of celebrities and that they're in the public eye all the time. There's a lot of pressure, expectation, yada, 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 mm-hmm. of course. But then I was thinking about like lower league footballers and their sort mm-hmm. of, you know, like you say, okay, yeah, it, it, mental health struggle, the, the, sometimes there's no rhyme or reason to it. So I'm not saying that having a gym and a swimming pool in your house is going to make you feel better, mm-hmm. but it may help you as an athlete to be able to go and do those things, not have to worry about money and still train. Whereas some of these lower league clubs, like I was talking about, they were talking about one where the first team squad, I can't remember what club it was now, just before the lockdown came in, each member of the squad was going around and posting um, flyers through the local area's door, hmm. the door, the, the people's doors of the local area to try and get them engaged with the local football team because otherwise that team is going to... There'll be loads of clubs that will now not will not be able to probably exist after this period with having with Crazy. the impact that it will have That's and also i was thinking about this in, and and you don't really consider it but with footballers even those at the top of the game yes okay they've got ways of training indoors and things but you think about how much of like how professional athletes so much has to come together for them for them to be at their very best yeah and it when things get thrown off it must be really hard to try and recreate and get that back. And you see players coming back from injury and never getting to the same point as they were before that. And it's such yeah. a nice, like a fine balance. So there'll be loads of people that I reckon, especially in those kind of, you know, high profile sports that really struggle because of this, mm. in terms of their careers longer term. Um, yeah. I mean, obviously, yeah, you've got to ask one extreme to the other in terms of financially, they're probably still uh, totally, fine. totally fine. But yeah. at the same time, it's it, everybody's going to be faced with that's the completely sort of weird thing about this is that it, everyone nobody is immune from this yeah like I mean, impacting their life in some way as soon as as soon as we're able to going straight to Leighton orient local team who are like part fan owned yeah and just putting my money behind that thing just to keep that local team going they've been through so much oh, and they're like no. now fan owned or mostly fan owned and um They've got a, you know, they've got to keep their head above water. And you know, if you think about it, the day that football starts again, or any of these big sports start again, they're going to go straight to the Premier League grounds. And let's get back in there and let's, you know, 
go and see the best of the best again. But yeah. then like local teams are still struggling with like, you know, a 10,000 capacity stadium with 2,000 people in it. Mm. I do not think there might be, it might, I don't know whether people will also maybe rally around clubs a lot more because football clubs do, do tend to be at the heart of their communities. And mm. I reckon even more so after something like this, it might encourage people to try and go and see lower league football. And I hope so. Yeah. And well, actually that, that was going to be, that was going to be like the thing that I've, that I was going to say for this little section is that I, I like hopefully and, I hope like good for Boris Johnson because he's just, you know, done the whole Brexit thing that maybe this will actually force lots of like buying local and support in local stuff. And mm. maybe that, that'll be one of the things that come out of it. And like going back to what you said earlier, so for you, you were saying that you find a lot more gratitude and things. Maybe that's another thing that'll come out of it as well. Mm. Is like, you'll start finding, I think people will be way more grateful for the little thing, little daily things that they have. And hopefully that will also encourage like local community support as well mm-hmm. yeah. and like supporting local clubs and even buying from local shops and things like that yeah. because you kind of been forced to in this situation so maybe that will just yeah. kind of carry on well it, gives, it makes you appreciate that actually staying local and having things set up locally rather than opposed to globally in today's world when everything hits the fan actually that serves you better Mm-hmm. then you know, people that are working around the world and events get cancelled they can't get there and they become completely you know that all gets wiped out whereas yeah. you know having those connections in the local community or knowing your neighbors or you know buying local produce and being able to walk to your nearest shop all those things become really important and actually you can still live and get on with things and I think there will be a different shift in that maybe yeah but it also depends because I, I do think around the sort of pace of life you realise how fast-paced everything is now yeah. because of how technology has improved things and everything's so connected. I do wonder whether people will be able to work at that same level and pace again after this, depending on how long it goes up for, and whether maybe it will alter all those things for the better or whether everybody will just go straight back into it and forget it all. I don't mm. know. There's definitely going to be two types of people. There's going to be the people who have been yearning for everything to slow down who think, oh, this is going to make us all more... They're going to look at it from a, from a humanist point of view, probably, and be like, we're going to be all... We appreciate our fellow man more, and work's not going to be as important, and it's going to be nicer. And then you're going to have the other person who's like, we're going to hit the ground running when we, as soon as we get back in there, and it is going to be yeah. go, go, go. Yeah. Well, that's Donald Trump, isn't it? It's going to go off like a rocket when it opens up. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Where's he from? Is he Indian? <laughs> you know I can't do accents. <laughs> uh, should we move on? Have you got anything, so? Uh, the one thing I had was just stupid questions from journalists. I don't know if you've been watching um, the oh my God, briefings. Yeah. yeah. I can pre- completely appreciate what their job is. But in terms of like, there was one question when it was before Mother's Day. Mm-hmm. And when they were, it was obviously when all the more like um, serious kind of lockdown stuff was being shared. Right. Yeah. And they just basically said that you were not allowed to go out of your house unless it was exercising once, going to the shops and only essential travel. Yeah. And then the women journalist, one of the women, there was two questions. I can't remember what the other one was, but the second one was like, so um, just going back to your point, Prime Minister, around the kind of, um, you know, I know you brought in these measures where it's non-essential travel, but uh, it is Mother's Day on Sunday. Oh. What <laughs> yeah. are we meant to? I'm like, I remember that question. What what do you think? Oh no, sorry, we'll give everybody a pass because it's Mother's Day. Like yeah. it was a completely pointless question. Yeah. And again, it was just 
I, I couldn't believe somebody was asking that as if it yeah. was like Boris was going to turn around and go, oh no, all right, yeah, we'll let oh, you yeah, all have okay. that day yeah. off. We'll, we'll just. They're looking for a stupid little headline. They're looking to try and make the person who's answering the question look stupid. And look, I'm all up for Boris Johnson being made to look stupid, but this is not the time for that. Yeah. Right. Mm. And like, and also, I don't... It's, not, it's not the time for that kind of pol- like party politics doesn't come into it at this time. No. It's about you know leadership and survival and community yeah. so yeah the probably headline is almost like boris johnson refuses to see mother on mother's day I know. <laughs> oh my god you just stop yeah. did you see did you see it a few days ago obviously they started doing these press conferences via you know oh, yeah, zoom or skype or whatever. yeah did you see the itv guy so there's oh, been two there's yeah. been two amazing ones right <laughs> you just reminded me so the itv guy they're like boris johnson's like right uh, bill from itv and it then, wasn't boris johnson it was rishi okay whatever yeah oh yeah i think you're i think you're right um so bill from itv comes on but he doesn't realize that he's on the screen and he literally is like like farting around with something trying to get it to work and then he's like oh shit uh oh, and just and he's yeah. <laughs> and Michelle was like, "Did he just say shit?" We were like, <laughs> so we had a little rewind, and we were like, "He just said shit." And then he, he you could see Kree, she just looked up as if to be like, Fuck. "And he, he could see he was like, uh, he was like, Bill, well, you're you're here." And he was like, and he was like, "Oh, uh, uh, you know," and like got oh, gathered himself. Yeah. And then the second one was, I think it was someone from the Daily Mail, somewhere like that. And she comes up on the screen and she starts talking, and she's like. <laughs> Like proper going, and then like Rishi's like, "They're on mute. Yeah, we can't hear. We can't hear you." And she's like, "And, and I thought, I thought, oh, they'll just turn her off. Yeah. There's a problem with the connection. You see it all the time, don't you? They just yeah. get turned yeah. off." And uh, and she 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 she, she, she just saw her like press something on her computer to like unmute herself because she hadn't been like that. Is a professional journalist speaking to our yeah. government right you now? Think that somebody would be on like I bet you they are actually. You'd think that somebody would be on there beforehand prepping them on how to use Zoom. Like okay, when yeah. you come through to Prime Minister, you're gonna have to press the mute button, which looks like this button in the bottom left of your screen. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. text no, services they will, kind of they will have. There's loads of facades falling. This is so funny. I do find people that are getting interviewed, sometimes their choice of backdrop, like where they are in their house and their choice of what they are displaying behind them. Like if I was going, I mean, I haven't chosen the best bit here for this, but but it's not not a visual medium, is it? No, and it's not national TV. But if, if I was going on national TV, I'm pretty sure I'd make sure I had like a plain blank, you know, background. Was that a bit of a dig? What? Well, if it was national TV, you'd, you know. Oh, sure. It'd make worth it. <laughs> yes. Probably yeah. would have, to be honest. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, like, people that have got, like, their family holiday photos. Yeah, oh, I know, yeah. I know. And, like, really random shit on the wall. I'm like... Mm. That I'm not very professional. Like seriously, yeah. did you out. see? Did you see Bob Gelt? Like, I mean, we'll talk about Zoom and stuff on another episode. I reckon because mm. I have to run out. We'll probably run out of time. But like Bob Geldof being interviewed. This is probably like a week ago now on on BBC Breakfast, and he had the worst internet connection. Oh no! <laughs> and the woman, <laughs> the, I mean, come on, it's Bob Geldof. Come on, lad, you can afford decent internet, you know. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, well, he, he probably lift, can't. Though, doesn't it? Yeah, it yeah, does. he probably can't. He's giving all his money to. Africa, any, yeah. and um, the woman's like, so how, like, how are you doing in isolation? He's like, I can't. Really. He's like, it's really, it's real. He it, sounds like your then, granddad on like national he, he TV. Looks, he looks very old, 
And then she was like, <laughs> I said, how, how, are you, how are you coping? How are you doing in isolation? And he's like, where am I? Well, I'm at my, I'm at my house in Devon. Oh. And, and, <laughs> and he answered, and he didn't, it wasn't like a, it wasn't like a quick, like, mm. how are you? Oh, I'm at my house. Oh, that was a weird thing. It was like, she asked the question, he misheard it and <laughs> answered it for about a yeah. minute straight. So I was like watching it. I was like, please just re-ask the question so that everyone, but she didn't. She like moved on and she was very professional about it. But he, it was horrendous yeah. quality. And it was on, you know, BBC Breakfast, national TV. It's big, funny, you know, isn't it? <laughs> Channel One. But you know what? Yeah, but what I kind of like is that I kind of like, there are all these facades to fall in. And like the other day, I, I, my boss made a good point of being like at the beginning when we were all logging on to do our yoga sessions it was like everybody kept their screens off or you know everybody was like making sure the lighting was right and, they, and like now you look and people just don't care they're in the kitchen yeah. the kids are running around like nobody cares because it's like uh, you know everybody you're getting a look into everybody's life and actually everybody's life is just totally shit. normal oh, and you do have sorry. connection problems and people do say things like yeah. shit when they can't make things <laughs> work <laughs> we um, I had it I was on a call with the NHS um like all the other charities in the NHS and the, the chat was like I struggling with his internet it's like oh really sorry I'm gonna have to go and tell all the kids to get off all their devices yeah. because <laughs> we're it down. he had like there was like 40 people on this call yeah <laughs> And good. it just, yeah, it brings you back. It kind of makes you realise everybody's human. Yeah. Whatever yeah. job you're doing or whoever you work for at this point. And I think there's something nice about that because you do need to be all brought down to that like same yeah. level, don't you? But I tell you, we're, we're talking about how social behaviour <laughs> will change after all this. Mm. People with bad internet, mm. they'll be they'll looked down upon. <laughs> That's how it'll change. <laughs> I had a meeting for work the other day, four of us on the screen and there's one person whose internet is absolute dog shit and they keep freezing and stopping and cut. And the other three of us are just sat there like... <laughs> yeah, it is frustrating. You... Can you hit... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you well, like, some people can't help it if you're living in a shared we house. We can go outside can. again. We can go outside. Don't invite Bill around. <laughs> Terrible internet. He's not coming over. <laughs> no Shut chance <laughs> but going, going, briefly going back to what you said before so about the, the journalist I think the one nice thing about that is that I think people who are just like everyday people who wouldn't necessarily tune into like political things are starting to actually see when journalists are just rooting for a headline oh, yeah. and I yeah. think that's that's good that's good that's a really good thing that's happening because you wouldn't normally understand that and people would just read the headline and be like oh my god this is terrible but actually when yeah. you're when you're seeing journalists just kind of repeatedly ask stupid questions because they're just baiting people into a horrible answer yeah. you yeah. you get onto it straight away and I think that's that nice is that is true and I would say that, you know, regardless of what your politics are, what you believe in, who you follow, it makes you also understand that you, you look at the people in power now that are having to lead through this t- t- situation and just think how difficult it is. Yeah. And actually from a human point of view, like we're all struggling to do this, but like they're still having to struggle and also run the country and find a way through it. And like, the, you know, the chancellor was only put in the job a couple of weeks ago. So imagine being thrown into a new job and then having to deal with the biggest unprecedented crisis. <laughs> I didn't know that. Is that, is, word? Is that was he only put into that that position a yeah, few weeks so ago? Whenever he did his first budget, which I think is I don't know, the beginning of this year, he had only been put into that role because they had a cabinet cabinet reshuffle, like maybe two weeks before he had to go and do a like an hour oh, wow. for a new budget. And he's done and a really good job. He's only he's only been in the job a few months. Yeah, and I and I feel like he's yeah like you 
when you think of it from that, regardless of political kind of, you know, yeah. uh, feeling, you just think, God, these people, I really do not envy you, but I am fully appreciative of what they're trying to do and how they're handling it all. People yeah, from right. Liverpool will greatly disagree with you. <laughs> I think he's quite personable when, when you see him. I think a lot... No, I mean that political values, not that people uh, don't like Rishi, just that no, political values don't come into it anymore. It's like, they're like, no, <laughs> it's not Labour, I'm not interested. Disagree with that. But, um, um, right, think... should, we, should we move on to the next section? Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. E, oh my God, who the fuck is Peter Guy? Who is he, lad? Okay, so this is who the fuck is Peter Guy. This is our recommendation section of the podcast. Normally, we'd recommend music, film, culture, art, creative stuff of any sort of um, description. But now we're going to just recommend things that you should check out for your time in isolation. Mm -hmm. Anything. It probably will still be music and art because that's the fun stuff. But there's going to be all sorts of shit. So like last week, we recommended your your yoga studio as something to go and check out. Obviously, um, Copperfield is something that you should be going and checking out. Yeah. You can go and check out their everything that they do online, but you should check out their Instagram and you've been doing live gigs, right? Um so we we haven't been putting them on, but we've had people doing them on our behalf. So we had a really oh. great band called Thrill Collins who did a <laughs> um night last Friday. They did a, a kind of live gig and okay. they, they raised funds for I think three charities we were one of them and they raised um like over six thousand pounds in one night it's incredible and they're really wow. really good yeah so we we do all sorts we're copperfield people on copperfield. instagram at copperfield yeah. people yeah. So, um, anyone want to recommend anything i'll quickly recommend gambino's new album okay that looks very interesting and it's just loads of numbers <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking mad yeah if you feel bad about releasing music don't because if childish gambino did it anyone is allowed because yeah. he just breaks the mold and just goes yeah look everybody it's okay yeah i haven't properly listened to it myself yet but it's no doubt it's no doubt gonna be great i mean i've listened to half of it and it is fucking great yeah it's it's, it's literally called 3 15 20 which is the date it was released mm-hmm. Plus for us english people it's 15 3 20 yeah but um yeah just loads of numbers Apart from the only one, there's only two tracks that don't have numbers, and that's track two, which is called Algorithm, and track three, which is called Time. What are they both related to, Shell? Numbers. So, yeah, I don't know what's going on, but it's just a white cover as well. Yeah, that's very cool. It's awesome, isn't it? Um, anything else? You wanted to recommend something else, didn't you, Shell? Uh, oh, I'm, I'm currently reading um, The Miseducation of Cameron Post, which is... I'm only a little bit in, but I can definitely recommend it already because it's definitely one of them books that I'm probably going to sit by the window and just read for the next few days until I've completely finished it. It's really good. sit by the window and read a book. Yeah. Well, the film of The Miseducation of Cameron Post is fucking brilliant and it's on Netflix. So the book and the film, go and check it out. Mm -hmm. Uh, So if anything you want to recommend, anything you've been checking out? Uh, Yeah, two things. Um, First one, probably I'm a bit late to the party with this one, but Sex Education on Netflix is like my new favourite things. giving me life. So it's not been mentioned on the podcast, I don't think. Uh, just, you should watch it because it's so great. Yeah. And it makes me want to watch one after the other, which I not normally, you know me, I'm not actually a big, don't sit and watch lots of stuff, but yeah. it, we watch like back-to-back episodes. So. Yeah, you're like a, if something's an hour, you'll fall asleep 50 minutes in. And if something's 50 minutes, you'll fall asleep 40 minutes in and be like, oh, it's all right. Just tell me what happened and we'll watch the next episode next week. I fall asleep a lot. I'm not like mum. <laughs> at that point yet. I just don't have the same... I don't like committing to sitting down to watch something for like two hours, whereas you... I don't know how you watch as many films as you guys do. Yeah, yeah. fair. 
Um, We've been absolutely caning in the leftovers. <laughs> it's dreadful. We'll sit there and be like, okay, we just sat here for 50 minutes. What's in that? Should we put another one on? Yeah, okay. And then you finish that one and both of us look at each other, but we're both tired <laughs> and kind of nodding up, but we're both like, no, just one more. Not the one. <laughs> that's, that's why Tom knows sex education. He's like, you never, you normally are like well ready to go to bed. But I'm like, yeah. like I let it go on to the, you know, next episode yeah. about to play. And I'm just letting it go. He's like, you're going to have to take the remote off you because you're going to be I feel um, like I feel like sex education as a as a series fits well with like Copperfield as a brand anyway. Yeah, it's very cute, yeah, well, we, isn't it? Yeah, every, I, we will definitely would want sex education peeps to get involved if uh, anyone's listening. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that'd be yeah good. we have that kind of we, listenership. We do, we do, I was going to say we have, we have that reach. <laughs> We've got what's her name from the X Files. She listens. Julian <laughs> <Jillian> Anderson. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, big um, up, Jill. I've got one other recommendation. Go on. Which uh, is the Happy News. The what? The Happy News. So it's the Happy the Happy Newspaper on Instagram. And okay. it's ran by a girl or a lady called Emily Coxhead, who is fabulous. But basically it's a just it's a newspaper that she produces. Again, like she does all the art. She also has like lots of different um cards and mugs and different things that she has in cool. shops now with her like own illustrations. Mm-hmm. But she publishes it quarterly and it's full of just positive news um, and wonderful people. Is it happy um, with a few H's? No, just no. no that's happy. Mike. The happy news. Ah, right. The happy um, news. Sorry, yeah. But I feel like she puts so much positive stuff on Instagram, and the newspapers as well is just one of those things that actually is probably the kind of media we need to kind of consume right now, rather than yeah, yeah. Everything that's going on with COVID nineteen. Yeah, that sounds yeah, great. I'd recommend it, and she's got, got great style as well. Yeah. I mean, um, social media is just a generally nicer place to be on at the moment, I think. Uh, yeah, it is. Yeah, I'd agree. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got one recommendation, and it's just an Instagram account to follow. I, I love this recommendation. It is Pauline and Jeffrey Walker. Yeah, at Jeffrey Walk, <laughs> right? They're just an old couple from northwest Leicestershire. Um, and, like, I, I, I don't know if it's, he's, he's just an old bloke and he's just like reading books and they doing his gardening. Stories. I saw them on BBC Breakfast because we've had that on a lot recently. And, um, and he interviewed him and he just he sort of reminds me of my granddad. And yeah. he's like, I'll just play you a little clip. I'm not sure if this is copyright infringement. And I apologize, Jeffrey and Pauline, but I am promoting <laughs> you and I do love what you do. So I'm not doing it to try and steal your work. I'm doing it to try and share your work. Yeah. But he'll just share like a little, little ditty like this. Hello everyone. Today's story, I'm going sitting under this twisted hazel to tell it. Oh, it's a story from uh, my childhood when I was 12 years old. That was 1942. Making me cry. On the uh, farm down by Blackbrook Reservoir. Reservoir. He says reservoir. I mean, that's the that's the kind of stuff you're getting. But you find yourself engrossed by it. What's the what's the uh, handle? I can't find them. Jeffrey spelled G E O double F R E Y walk W A L K. They have a verified account. They have three hundred and thirty thousand followers. Oh my um, god. He has no idea how much you'd be able to monetize that, does he? I'm sure he does. <laughs> I'm sure he's got he's some. Got, he's got an Amazon paperback story. Yeah, it's Ben's Adventures. Ben's no, Adventure Our book. Story parted by conflict now on Amazon. 
Ah, right. Well, he's got Ben's adventure book, which is about him as a kid as well, and he reads that, I think. Oh, which I started watching that video and it put Shell to sleep. It actually did. <laughs> Genuinely, but I went to sleep when I was listening to it. But if you're missing your grandparents or you're in it... Or you're... Oh, I don't know if I can cope with this at these fragile stages. Oh, they're, know, so, they're so nice though. Pauline likes doing puzzles and stuff. And, <laughs> and then whenever he posts anything about Pauline, yeah. he hashtags it. Hashtag, I love that girl. Oh, no. I know. Oh, too much. So I'm go and follow that. Hashtag I love that girl. Hashtag chum's life. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. That's what I you mean, should... he's probably a lot better on Instagram than I am. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. He's better than any of us, I think. 330,000 followers. I mean, the numbers speak for themselves. He is literally the person I aspire to be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm sat here under this hazel yeah. twisted tree <laughs> or whatever it was. Yeah. Shell's oh. like, I'm just reading a book by the window, but Jeffrey's under a hazel tree. I'll never be Jeffrey. <laughs> <laughs> um, anything else that you should tell us about Copperfield? That we need to check out. No, I mean, I think definitely go and follow us on mm-hmm. Instagram and mm-hmm. keep up to date. You can sign up to Boob News. So we send uh, once a month a newsletter, um, which is quite good from Boob HQ with all the updates. Um, and yeah, I mean, if anybody has got a spare change and wants to sort of um, support our work, then you can donate on our website and we're more than happy to, you know, times like these we need all the help we can get as charities so even if it's not us but other charities that you do support then do give like do think of them and if you've got any spare change to sort of share. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah definitely do that go to the website watch chris's documentary about yeah. her yeah. little life it's you know, the last few years. cool copperfield.org at copperfield people on instagram Anything else? No. Any more for any more? No. I'm going to go read my book by the window. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for joining us this morning, this afternoon, Soph. No problem. Um, Thanks for having me. You are more than welcome. Um, and remember, guys, too much sauce ruins the fries. Stop recording. <laughs>